Welcome to Southern Sisters Radio, the show for Southern women and the men who adore them. Join us as we celebrate life from a Southern point of view. Here's your host, author, founder of Southern Sisters Home, Jenny McCormick Earhart. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Southern Sisters Radio program. We are so happy that you're here with us. You know, this is my favorite time of year, Nick. Oh, wonderful. Mm. Break out the, the long sleeves. I know, right? Oh, I love it. Autumn is just to die for, a.k.a. boot weather. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. You ladies do break out the boots this time of we year. We ladies likes our boots. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Most Southern women do love their boots. Now, you know, cowboy boots, boots you can pretty much wear year-round, and I do often. Uh, but you know those winter boots, the tall ones? Yeah. Yeah, the kind of almost knee-high yeah. boots a little bit. Yep. I also call them my babies. Your babies. My babies. <laughs> are... let's, let's be honest with the with the <laughs> listeners here, Jenny. How many boot, pairs of boots do now, you have? You know, that's like asking a woman her age. <laughs> You shouldn't do that one. Enough. What you should have asked is, do I name them? <laughs> well, do you? <laughs> no, I'm not a weirdo. Are you kidding? No, it is boot weather, and I actually am wearing them today, uh-huh, because it's officially the first day of fall, so yes. we are here to celebrate on the Southern Sisters Radio Program. Do you guys love fall as much as I do? Yeah, I, I, can't, I don't know whether it's the weather, the cool temperatures, which we will eventually get to the cool temperatures. Eventually. It's, it's, it's kind of still feeling a little, there's a little summer overhang here. It's okay. Right? As opposed to a summer hangover. Well, it's kind of like a summer hangover, isn't it? A little it? bit, yeah. You know? <laughs> but it's uh, it's either the wet, the cool weather, the leaves will start changing colors. You'll start seeing mountains of pumpkins piled up at the mm. farmer's market, right? And then the food. Oh, the, the fast food, food. Right? The food just becomes very comforting. I'm going to go home tonight and make my balsamic glazed pot roast. Because it's just... It's just perfect for, you know, for fall, Sounds for so autumn. Good. Yeah. And actually, this recipe is in my second cookbook, Seasons in the South. So I thought this would be a very opportune time to give away one of the cookbooks, right? Hey, there you go. Guys, 400 pages. No, 200 pages, 400 photographs. Oh, wonderful. Did I get that right? There yes. There you go. <laughs> and it's divided up by season. So in the, in the autumn section, you've got my balsamic glaze pot roast. You've got my spinach and feta stuffed pork loin, Ooh. which is to dice for with, a, with an orange sauce that goes over mm. it. Uh, it is chock full of amazing autumn uh, autumn recipes. So we're going to give one away. All you have to do to get the uh, free cookbook, guys, is email me. Be the first one to email me at radio at southernsistershome.com. Ask for it, and it'll be yours. There you go. It's that easy. Um, you know what else is going on? Bana- what else? Banana spiders. Oh. Are you familiar? Yeah, unfortunately. Right? Uh, yeah. Okay, so they say that spiders in a house, uh, that that's considered good luck. I don't know if you've heard that before. I have, actually. Have you? It's a little old wives' tale a little bit, Yeah, right? I don't know if it's true or not, but I got a massive <laughs> one. Um, she was here last year. I'm assuming it's not the same spider, because I imagine the lifespan is probably not a year. <laughs> uh, there was one last year on my back porch. Uh, this year, she is right at the uh, sort of the side door to my house. There's a side porch on my house, and there's this massive uh, web right there, and this enormous banana pepper. Um, banana pepper. <laughs> <laughs> Banana spider. Oh, she's probably about, gosh, I think she's three and a half to four inches long. Oh, she's wow. big. Yeah. And she's spread out on there and right by the front door. Now, my assistant, Jeanette, who comes to my house often, is uh, is deathly afraid of spiders. And so she told me she wasn't going to come in the side entrance of the house anymore. <laughs> she said, I'm going around to the front door. I'm not walking past that spider. He's scary. <laughs> I think it's a she. Come on. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing everybody needs to remember is that the spiders, spiders are your friends yeah. because... 
They keep all the other creepy crawlies away. They do. They keep the yucks, like the ants and the yeah. roaches and the flies. and the, yeah. They and, keep all that stuff and away. And I'll tell you, when something flies into her web, she, she's perfectly still until something touches her web, mm. right? So a little fly or something goes in there, and I have watched her watched her catch a, it was some kind of little flying insect. Mm-hmm. And she just darted over to it. It got stuck in her web. She darted over to it, did something to it. I don't know. Wrapped it up in its little web. And then web. wrapped it up. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. Ooh, it was kind of, kind of <laughs> great, yeah. Makes you really glad that you're not small enough to get stuck in a I spider know, web, right? Right? <laughs> and I don't think she ate them, I don't think she ate them right away. It was like a snack for later. Kind of like <laughs> S- me. Saved it for leftovers, right? Yeah, yeah no, <laughs> no, right? <laughs> that's a midnight snack for go. later on when she gets the hunger pains, right? <laughs> Well, guys, listen, we are giving away the cookbook. Like I said, just email me at radio at southernsistershome.com. You'll get a copy of Seasons in the South. And we're going to talk a little bit about, well, I I kind of, for lack of a better term, I call it the fall bucket list. Mm. These are the things that that most people, not everybody, but a lot of people that enjoy the autumn in the South, uh, kind of think about doing during this time of year. And it's divided into categories, okay? So we have the the bucket list that consists of the great outdoors activities that we do outside during autumn. Oh, yes. We have the nostalgic category. Okay, so this is going to be more like things that you remember doing as a child that maybe you want to. This would be a way that you could celebrate autumn in the South. We have the eat and drink category, which is my favorite. And we have the holiday category. Okay, so these are all things. Oh, oh, we have one more category called just because. I like that one. Right? That's the best. Just because. <laughs> just so cause. we're going to work through these a little nice. uh, a little bit in this segment and just kind of talk about the things that we love doing in autumn. And we'd love to hear your opinions, too. Send us an email, radio at southernsistershome.com. Let us know what you like to do in, the, in autumn. Yeah. We're going to be talking about this throughout the season. So uh, you may have some ideas that we haven't even thought of yet. But under the great outdoors category of things to do in the fall, Number one at the top of the list. By the way, this was Real Simple Magazine that compiled this list. And I love this magazine. They are, quite frankly, really fun and (laughs) real simple. Uh, The top of their great outdoor list was to go apple picking. Oh, yes. Right? How appropriate for this time of year, though. It's perfect for this time of year. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we have quite a large apple uh, growing, I shall say, uh, area in Georgia. Absolutely. North North Georgia is very conducive to that. And in fact, uh, we're going to take a little side note here and talk about places that we can go apple picking here in Georgia. You want to include this on your fall schedule. Uh, you know, fall is here, right? And there's no shortage of things to do in and around Atlanta, especially in the autumn months. You've got festivals and picking apples. But listen, Georgia has some of the best apple picking locations around, okay? So let's talk about a couple of them that are within a very easy driving distance of Atlanta. Nick, you got to take the kids up here. Oh, yeah. This sounds like a great little trip. It is. It's BJ BJ Reese Orchards, okay? They have a you-pick season that goes all the way through October 29th, right? And you can get in there. It's like $2 admission. No big deal, right? And wait, hold on, two dollar admission is for everyone who's two and over, right? I guess the little ones get in free. Oh yay! Isn't that nice? Nice. Is is Cody? Is he? Uh, is your? No, son? he's he's over two. We got a cough. And up two I definitely bucks for him. couldn't fool anybody to think he was any younger. No. So we'll have to pay the two bucks. You got to pay the two bucks. It'll be worth it. So you can go in there and you can pick. <laughs> you can pick a half peck, a peck, a half bushel. Do you know the difference between a peck and a bushel? I actually don't. How about that? The difference between a peck and a bushel. There are well, a bushel is I don't really know exactly how big a bushel is. I think it's a big old big the old big bucket, basket, right? right? But I can tell you that a peck, there are four pecks in a bushel. Oh. 
Yeah. All right. So well, uh, I learned something new today. Yeah. Okay. One peck is one fourth of a bushel. Huh. That makes sense? Okay. Well, there you go. So BJ Reese or- Orchards is a great place to go. They're located in Ella J. And then there's also R&A Orchards. They have their own pick your own apple season that goes through the end of September. They're on weekends only and Saturdays and Sundays, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Free admission. How about that? Nice. That's great. And then you pay like $8 for a bag, right? Oh, that's So that's that you can fine. pick apples. Not bad at all. There you go. See, and that's the best part is if you're like me and you got kids, you can take them and make them earn their key. I know, right? <laughs> They're the ones it's in about the, time. And they have a blast. They love I know, it. I know. You get up, you pick them up, or they, a lot of times they yeah. have like the little ladders and step stools right. and stuff, and they can pick their apples, and you're like, oh, you had fun? Yeah. Well, you know, it's about time they learn <laughs> to contribute, don't you think? <laughs> I mean, they're just such takers. <laughs> they are such takers. Uh, that's and, right. So then there's, okay, so we got BJ Reese Orchards. We've got R&A Orchards, right, also in Ella J. Uh, a third one in Ella J. You know, that's the, that's the location that's for apple wow. picking. You've got Hillcrest Orchards. How about that? Their Apple Picking Jubilee is every Saturday and Sunday in September and October. They also have live country music, hmm. pig races. Okay, that's, <laughs> that's that nice. alone is worth going yeah. for, right? <laughs> Pig races, cow milking, wagon rides, pony rides, bungee jumping. What? What? Really? That's that's cool. Have you ever done that? You no. Know, okay. I don't have the... Um, no desire nope. on my part for that. <laughs> you know, there's some things I'm like, yeah, that'd be fun to try. Not, no. See, not that, even that would be a my, little bit. That's my problem, though, is that if I go bungee jumping off a 50-foot cliff, I'm yeah. the kind of guy to grab a 50-foot rope. Yeah. Oh. Doesn't work out that well. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Bungee jumping's not for either of us, I guess. And then also, guys, there's the Red Apple Barn at Little Bend Orchard, okay? At that place, and that is also located in Ella J. Wow. Right? Is, is that the apple capital of, that's got to be at least the apple be. capital of Georgia, right? It's got to be, yeah. I love it. I know, I love it up there. It's right up the road, too. Yeah. It's not a far drive at all. Yeah, I have a gentleman up there that does screen printing for my business, and Very he's, cool. he's, he's looking, and I love, I just look for an excuse to drive up there. I have no, <laughs> it's beautiful up there. But also in Ella, Bay, Ella J, as I said, the Red Apple Barn at Little Bend Orchard. Now, for $7, you get wagon rides, cornhole, horseshoes, and pick your own apples on Saturdays and Sundays in September and October. How about that? Very cool. I love that. Nothing better than coming home from a big you know, big day at the apple orchard, all tired, <laughs> with a couple of bags of apples. I was saying, that's the thing, too, is it's not it's not just going to pick apples. No. It's like an all-day affair. It's a whole bunch of events. It's a that family event, that's right? Nice. Making memories, taking pictures. Yes. Um, this is a, I have a lot of friends that take their Christmas pictures while they're up at these orchards. That's a really good they point. Got the kids together. Let's go ahead and that. take our Christmas picture yeah. now. Not wait till the last minute. <laughs> um, so anyway, so there you have it, guys. Now you may be asking yourself, what do we do with all these apples when we get them home? Mm. Yeah. Besides just eating them as is. Yeah, you got to do something special. With well, them, right? you're going to want to hang on because in the third segment today, after the break, we are going to talk about slow cooker apple recipes. Oh. Okay, so you come home with a peck or a bushel. <laughs> of apples. You're going to have to find something creative. You cannot eat a bushel of apples yourself. Oh, gosh, no. Mm. Even a family sick. of four couldn't eat a bushel of <laughs> apples themselves before they went bad. So we are going to give you some great suggestions on homemade uh, slow cooker apple recipes. We've got sweet and savory recipes. We've got sweet recipes. We're also going to top things off with an apple teeny recipe. Ooh, Hello. I like that one. I know. I figured you would. I like that one. Yeah. But anyway, so we're going to talk about that later. But back to our fall activities idea. Uh, what we're talking about now are things that you can do in the great outdoors. So we covered the apple picking, right? Mm-hmm. How about leaf peeping? Leaf peeping. Leaf peeping, which is just basically leaf watching. Oh yeah. You know. 
Of course, this you time of year is perfect them, for it. Right? You don't have to talk to them. You don't get up you too close. You can do close. that too if you want you can to. can if you want, but people would think you were weird. <laughs> but leaf peeping. So that means basically getting in the car and heading north, right? Oh, of course. Heading north into the great North Georgia mountains mm-hmm. where, you, quite frankly, those leaves start changing a little earlier than they do here in, yes, they do. Here in, here in Atlanta area. So leaf peeping is one of my favorite things to do. How about, have you ever in the fall gotten lost in a corn maze? Ah. <sighs> Now yes, it's been fun. a while, but that is a that is a lot of fun. Aren't those fun? They are cool. Yeah, the kids love those. <laughs> Just the concept of getting. You know, I didn't like mazes for a long time. I think I was traumatized when I saw um, what was the movie, The Shining. Oh yes. Oh goodness! Right? No, that that's terrifying. That's terrifying. <laughs> that that made me not want to go in a maze for a very long time. Uh, but that's tell you, the corn mazes are a lot of fun. They're mm-hmm. all over North Georgia, and quite frankly, a lot of these places that have apple picking also have those corn mazes. Very cool. It's great. Or pumpkin patches, right? Ah, uh, yes. Now, how about this concept? Taking a hot air balloon ride. Oh, I've always wanted to do that. For some reason, I don't know why the autumn is so conducive to that. Maybe the skies are clearer. You know, they have a big um, hot air balloon festival at Callaway Gardens every year. Really? Yes. Now, they've done it already for this year. They do it in, I believe, early September. Okay. Um, but even if you don't want to go up in one of these balloons, just to go and watch them. Oh, yeah. You know, take a picnic and sit and watch these things Some floating. of them are very artistic, very yeah. pretty balloons right. as they go by. Absolutely. I know. To me, it's the loss of control. I feel like you don't have a lot of control. <laughs> I mean, like if you're up in it and you said, I want to get down right now, I don't know. It takes you, a minute. Yeah, right? It it's not like you just, no. Well, and for what it's worth, they, they send you up in, in, in the balloon with somebody who knows what they're, no, doing. they're doing. You're not getting stuck with a with yeah. a me or a Jenny behind no, the No, no, no. You don't folks. want that. Not if you value your life. <laughs> okay, so the hot air balloon rides are a great thing to do in the fall. How about playing a game of two-hand touch football? Yeah. It's football season. Now, I like touch football, but I have to admit, I'm going to admit this to you because we talked earlier, Nick, about how I'm not I'm not that great at understanding the rules of football. <laughs> so I got tired last autumn of never really fully understanding what was going on when, mm-hmm. when Earl and I would watch games together. I definitely could follow the game, but there were a lot of nuances of the game that I didn't understand. Yeah. And um, so I downloaded Football for Dummies. Perfect. On my Kindle. There's nothing wrong with that. I read it, and it was very helpful. <laughs> it was very helpful. But what is two-hand? Touch. Two hand touches instead First, of tackling. If I touch you with two hands, I've oh, tackled you. It's that way be, nobody gets hurt. Is, is there a one any... hand touch football? No, it's got to be. It's got to no, because no. one hand's too easy. Oh, okay. You got to so get two hands. Two hands on yeah. there. Okay, I got it. There you go. <laughs> That's another thing you can do in the fall, right? Going for a hike. Okay. A perfect season. Now getting out, right? Because it's not so hot. Mm. You have a little relief from the heat. The leaves are changing. Get out and walk, right? Oh, yes. There is no shortage of places to walk in North Georgia, even in the Atlanta area. There's plenty of trails, plenty, plenty. of trails and parks and everything exactly. else to go through. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. So find your local park, get out there and walk. That's the thing to do. My daughter is in Colorado right now. She and her husband are celebrating their first anniversary. Now, congratulations if, if, to them. I know. Congratulations, Kelly and Roman. You you know, I um, there are a lot of ways that I would enjoy spending my first anniversary. Mm-hmm. Basking on the beach with oh, a margarita. Yeah, yeah that sounds You know, good. antiquing. That sounds you know, good as well. Going yeah. someplace. Not what they're doing. They they, they doing? they're hiking a fourteen thousand foot mountain. It's called Gray's Peak. Hmm. Fourteen thousand feet. Hmm. They did it the day before yesterday. There's no cell service up there because I kept saying, "Well, check in with me." She's like, "Mom, fourteen thousand feet." <laughs> what are you What are you thinking? 
There is no way for me to check in with you. She says, but we do have to check in with the park ranger. And I was like, okay, that's good. Yes. At first, that relieved me. Mm -hmm. Then it concerned me that she was going someplace that was so dangerous that they really require you to check in with the park ranger. You're thinking about it too much. I know. I was overthinking (laughs) it for sure. She posted a picture, and um, here they are at the top of this peak. Now, it takes so long to get to the top of the mountain that they have to leave at 1.30 a.m., in the morning the night before with headlamps on their heads. Oh, my gosh. Because it was dark, right? So they have to hike for make six hours before the sun comes up. Five or six hours. That's just so that they can get far enough up the mountain so that they can get to the peak and get back down the next day before it gets dark. Oh. Do you see? So she, I said, well, um, I'm, I'm thrilled that you're doing this. She's very ambitious. She says, well, there are a couple of things that may ruin the trip for us or may, may, we may have to cancel. I said, what? She said, well, if one of us gets altitude sickness, then you have to come down because there's really yeah you know and then she said the weather i said oh i guess weather could be an issue she said yeah apparently where they're going there have been reports of the wind being so strong that people have gotten blown off what yeah yes i totally understand thrill seeking yeah but this is a little i know intense i know that's what i said and i said (laughs) well it depends on where you're standing and she says yeah it does you know and and we know how to do it to where we're gonna be i'm like oh my word (laughs) you're gonna celebrate your first anniversary y'all want to have a second one right right (laughs) Right? i know so i started texting i figured eventually she's gonna get down the mountain and get my are you okay did you guys make it you know so finally she texts me and she says we did it we're fine you'll be happy to know we didn't get struck by lightning she said i did get knocked down by the wind oh Dang. Wow. And she said she burst blood vessels in her eyes. Mm-hmm. From the altitude. Yeah. That's heavy. I've yeah. heard of that. So she looks a little crazy scary. You know? <laughs> Perfect for Halloween Perfect around the corner, Halloween. right? Yes. So when guys, when we talk about taking a nice fall autumn hike, I'm not talking about a 14K, right? <laughs> Nothing where you're going to get blown off of a mountain. Stay safe. No, we don't safe. want that. <laughs> How about going for a hayride? Oh, that's perfect. A great time of year for yeah. that, right? Okay, I will tell you, I was the most popular neighbor in my neighborhood several years ago when we had a fall festival. I was one of the few people that had a trailer. He was one of those little open trailers. Uh, I would yes. use it for moving things. Well, I filled it with hay, and I was in charge of the hayride. So I would pull the little kids around the neighborhood, and they just thought that was incredibly yeah. awesome. So hayride, classic, um, classic, uh, you know, autumn thing of to course. do. Of mm-hmm. course. And then uh, how about oh, collecting colorful fall leaves? Oh, you have to. Right? You have to. You know what I do? I have a uh, a trifle bowl. Now you're a guy. Mm-hmm. You may not know what a trifle I don't, bowl is. I don't. No, I okay. Don't. It's a clear glass bowl that you put desserts in, right? Okay. But you can fill them with fall, you know, autumn leaves. Um, and just kind of set it on the table. It's just a beautiful, because then you can see the leaves from the side. Oh, you see what I'm that's saying? a good point. Yeah. I never thought about Isn't that. Isn't that Very wonderful? So also, how about renting a cabin in the woods? Of course. Okay, that's one thing I really want to do. Mm-hmm. Just get away from it all. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Without having to go 14,000 feet to <laughs> no, it. No, no. Guys, these are our great outdoors ways to celebrate autumn. That's right. It is here. It is upon us. Be thinking about you what you want to do this fall. Get outside and enjoy the cool weather. We're going to be following up with more bucket lists for autumn uh, in the coming weeks. So hang in there. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Southern Sisters Radio Show. Ah, we are talking about fall. Mm, love do, it. Yeah. What are you doing this fall? You got some plans? 
Hmm. Well, we've got some ideas for you just in case you don't. There you go. Right? If you can't find something that's fun to do on this list that I'm going through, then something's wrong with you. <laughs> right? And you don't like fall and poo on you. And poo. Come on. <laughs> Isn't that right? You know, we're talking mostly about just things to do outside of the house. Mm -hmm. We're in our great outdoors segment of the fall activity bucket list, mm. right? So these are things that you have to actually get up and get outside your house for, right? And for those of us that, that are very comfy in our houses, sometimes it's hard to get up and get out. Yes. There are those days when really I just want to... Especially those cool eat. fall mornings. You're on the couch under a blanket with a nice oh, warm cup of so coffee. Nice. There's a nice chill. You've got the window cracked just enough to just let the enough. air in. Yeah, oh. I can feel the fall, but I don't yes. necessarily have to go out in it. Correct. <laughs> we Okay, you know what? I, I used to feel guilty about those days. I don't feel guilty anymore. I do think those of you within earshot, and I, I'm sure that men are the same way. I can speak more to women because mm -hmm. I am one, right? Uh, but there are just those days when you just need to hunker down. Yeah. Hunker down days. <laughs> in the pajamas and the blanket. Maybe the window's cracked if it's nice outside. You get some fresh air. And binge watch Gilmore Girls. <laughs> Probably especially in fall for us guys, it's more binge watch the football. Yeah. But right there with you. Same principle. Right there with you. Same level of enjoyment. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> anyway, so um, anyway, we're just talking about things that we can do when we get out of the house, guys. And you know what? We we ended in the last segment talking about renting a cabin. Mm. Now, I did that for just a short weekend with my kids last year in the in the fall, and boy, was it delightful. It was oh, just yeah. so, because it almost compels you to get outside even more. Very true. Because you're not going to hunker down in the cabin for too long, <laughs> you know. So uh, we did we did hikes. We cooked out outside. It was just wonderful. And here in Georgia, especially, you get up in the mountains. You know, it's oh, yeah. beautiful. How about another idea for things to do outside during the fall? And guys, you know I've talked about this before. Tailgating at your favorite football game. Perfect. Or just your local football game. Now, if you've got a college team that you follow and that you're devoted to, as most good Southerners do, mm -hmm. right? You may have want to go to that. But also just your local teams. Yeah, the high school games are the fun. High school games are a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, there's an idea for you. And don't forget, it is time to plant those bulbs in your garden. Good now, point. Nick, you've got a beautiful new home, mm -hmm. right? I don't know what color your thumb is, but I, if you got I a little green. I do not green, have a green thumb, but the fiancé does. The fiancé can get up. she actually yeah. has been talking about that. Right. She's got her seeds lined up and ready to get You're planted kidding. and everything. Now she's got the whole thing ready. She's organized. She's a good Southern woman. She is. <laughs> you know, put those bulbs in the ground now. A little outdoor fun, right? You will thank yourself come spring mm -hmm. when those things come up and start bursting into color. Very true. How about running a race? Oh, uh, like a 5K or something like that? Right. Absolutely. The reason I've never done the Peachtree Red Race is because of the heat. Yeah, it's in the middle of summer. Ugh. <laughs> right? Ugh. Um, you know, in fact, uh, I have a friend that uh, tried, attempted a 5K in the heat, in the hot of the summer. She refers to it now as her catastrophe. <laughs> That's what it would be for me, for sure. It would be a but catastrophe. We, right? But what you can't handle in the heat, you might be able to handle in the autumn cool. So maybe there running a race, there taking a drive in the country. Now, that's the way I would love to spend oh, it. Especially afternoon. if you have a convertible. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. My BFF Pam, those of you may know her, she's been on the show before. She rented a, uh, a convertible last autumn. There you go. And we took off in it. That's a great, great way to right? spend the day. It was just phenomenal. Well, folks, these are some ideas. We're going to have some more next week, too. But be thinking about what you want to do as those temperatures stop dipping, start dipping, and you start thinking about the great way to celebrate autumn in the South. We'll be right back. Turn off the telly, Nelly. Come to the table, Mabel. Now sit up straight, Kate. It's time to eat, Pete. Have a banana, Hannah. 
try the salami, Tommy. Get with the gravy, Davy. Everybody eats when they come to my house. And welcome back to the Southern Sisters Radio Show. Ah, Nick, we got a 40-pound bushel of apples. <laughs> what the heck am I going to do with all these apples? <laughs> well, I don't know. There's a whole lot of different options, but I know I can't just eat them all. You, you can eat a few. Yeah, a few of them, but you know, definitely not all of them. You could chop them up and put them in some things. Like, my kids love chopped apples in their salads. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of things you can do with them easily, but you're, you, there's no way you can go through a bushel of apples. And so you may be asking yourself, folks, what do I do with all these apples once I've come home from the, you know, apple picking place, mm-hmm. right? Or let's say the, the apples are on sale. The prices tend to go down this time of year. That's also true. Right. Supply has increased, right? This is the time. If you haven't done it before now, this is the time to incorporate more apples into your diet. Yeah. And I have got some delicious, delicious ways for you to do this. Now, the first thing I would do if I had a plethora, shall we say. <laughs> I love that word. If I had a, a an abundance, a surplus, shall we say, of apples, probably the first thing I would do would be to make apple butter. Oh, yes. Apple oh, butter. Oh, yummy, yummy. Right, Nick? I mean, we're in the South, right? What better thing to do to a biscuit than to slather oh, it with apple butter? There is no, right? there is nothing. Better. A warm biscuit? Mm. Oh, my gosh. You know, I know my, my mm. grandparents, uh, that was their thing at, at, at Cracker Barrel was biscuits and apple butter. Yep. Oh, I mean, that's just, <laughs> I, you know. I, I do, too. It's just they comforting. Kinda, I ask for the apple butter you do, every do time. You really? Yes, yes, I love it. Um, so we're going we're gonna to talk about how to make it easily, right? Not necessarily quickly, but it's definitely a no-brainer in the sense that we are going to do it in a slow cooker. Oh, okay. Less mess. Very good point. Out of yes. sight, out of mind, turn it on, let it go. You I know like what the I'm sound saying? of that. Right. Now, what you can do is you can even make several batches of this and freeze it. You know, you can you can put the apple butter in jars or Ziploc bags, freezer bags, and freeze it. So you'll have apple butter for months and months, oh. even after apple season is over. Nice. Okay? Now, here's what you want to do. You're going to need about five and a half pounds of apples. You want to peel them and chop them finely. Okay. Got it? Okay. And then what you're going to do is you're going to place the apples in a slow cooker. Okay. That's about a three-quart, mine's about a three-quart slow cooker, all right? Whatever you've got, put it in there. And then in a bowl, you're going to combine four cups of sugar, three teaspoons of cinnamon, one-half teaspoon of cloves, and about a half teaspoon of salt. Now, you know, people always say salt, really? Salt brings out the flavor in almost everything. Uh, Think true. of it, right? You put, you put a little bit of salt in a cake. You put a little bit of salt in cookies. That's true. Right? We're not trying to make it salty. It enhances and brings out the flavor yes, of the other ingredients. Yes, it does. Okay? Then what you're going to do is you're going to mix all that together and uh, cover and cook that high. What you've done is you've, you've mixed together your sugar-cinnamon mixture that goes over the apples. You put the cover on and cook it on high for about an hour. All right? Then what you're going to do is you're going to reduce the heat to low. Okay, now comes the slow time. Mm. You're going to cook it for 9 to 11 hours. Oh, wow. Do this in the morning. Just let it cook, slow cook all day long. Your house is going to smell like cinnamon heaven. Oh. Cinnamon and apple heaven. The syrup in it, the sh- you know, the juices from the apples start to come out. It mixes with the brown sugar, the cinnamon. It forms like just this wonderful, saucy, dark, thickened, mm. sweet, cinnamony sauce. You may want to stir it occasionally, you know, because sometimes towards the end it can start to stick a little bit. So you may, it's okay to open up the lid every now and then and give it a stir. Now, then you're going to uncover it and cook it on low for one hour longer. What that's going to do is allow some of that steam to escape and thicken up that sauce. Got it? And then if you want to, you can stir it with a wire whisk until smooth. But then what you want to do is you want to spoon it into freezer containers, okay? Um, now, there's probably, this is going to make a lot of apple butter. 
probably yeah. more than you're going to eat in a couple of days. <laughs> so you can use glass jars, little mason jars. You can spoon it into, zi- honestly, one of the easiest things to do is just use a little Ziploc freezer bag. Yeah. You know, put a cup or a half a cup in each one, toss it in the freezer. You'll have apple butter for months. Perfect. How about that? That's I call wonderful. that all day apple butter. That sounds so good. And, and I think that's the other part, too, that's so nice about that is the yeah. wonderful smells that your whole right. house is going to be full of. Yeah. Mm, I know. Yes. Yeah. You know, and sometimes if you've been in the kitchen cooking all day long, you get so accustomed to the smell, you don't notice it. Good point. It's worth it to go outside. Go check the mail. <laughs> Have you ever noticed this? Yeah. You go outside for a few minutes, then you come back in and you get to enjoy it all over again. It's like, <sighs> oh, it smells heavenly in here. <laughs> now, listen, as long as we're on this whole slow cook cooker uh, sort of bent right now with our apples, I'm going to tell you guys how to make the most amazing apple nut bread pudding. Ooh. This is to die for. And the perfect way to use up some of those fresh apples that you've got so much of around the kitchen. You're going to need about eight slices of cinnamon raisin bread. Easy, right? Easy peasy. You're going to cube those, right? Just cut them up. And you're going to place the bread cubes, and you're going to place two medium tart apples that you have peeled and sliced into the slow cooker. So the bread goes first, then goes the apples. You're then going to add one cup of chopped pecans. What I love to do to these pecans before I put them in the slow cooker is I throw them in a skillet and toast them up a little bit. Ooh. It just it gives it that little extra something special, that warm, sort of hearty, toasty flavor, mm. right? Now, in a bowl, you're going to combine one cup of sugar, one-fourth cup, well, I'm sorry, one teaspoon of cinnamon. Don't do a cup. <laughs> do a teaspoon. And a half a teaspoon of nutmeg. You're going to add three large eggs two cups of half and half, a fourth of a cup of apple juice. There comes more of that wonderful apple Mm. flavor. And also a little bit of butter, about a fourth of a cup. You want to melt it down, right? Pour all of this over the bread mixture, okay? So now think what you've got here. You've got your beautiful cinnamon bread, your sliced apples, your toasted pecans. Then this glorious, creamy, apple-y mixture is going over Mm. the top of it. You're going to put it on, cover it, and cook on low heat for three to four hours. What you want is you want to be able to insert a knife into it at the end, and it comes out clean. So those eggs have completely, completely cooked. Heavenly. Absolutely heavenly. That sounds so good. The house will smell good. Is that for dessert? Yes. Or is that for breakfast? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's for 3 a.m. if you want it, then. Sweetie, there are no rules in Jenny's kitchen. You can stand in front of the ref- you can stand in front of the refrigerator at ten o'clock at night and eat this by the spoonful out of the container if you want. Oh, that sounds so good. I love it. My theory on bread pudding is it's really nothing but French toast. That's true. That got invited to a nice party. There you know you what go. I'm saying? They just dressed it up a little bit. That's so typically yummy. the typically the bread pudding has a little more sugar. You know what yes, I'm saying? Just a little bit. But it's 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 bread and eggs. Mm. You know, and cream. Very true. I mean, it's basically French toast, That's right? Yummy. So anyway, not a whole lot of difference between that and a French toast casserole. Um, so that is the uh, heavenly. Apple and um, apple and nut bread pudding. Mm. Now, let's let's talk about some savory dishes because okay. this is this is what I'm going to make this weekend. Um, once again, making use of that glorious all-purpose workhorse of an appliance, the slow cooker. Mm-hmm. All right. Now we're going to showcase our apples with an apple cinnamon pork loin recipe. Ooh. Oh, come to me! This Ooh. is so glorious. Um, you're going to need one boneless pork loin roast. I would do one that's about two to three pounds. Got it? And what you're going to do is you're going to sprinkle the roast with salt and pepper. And then in a large skillet, you're going to heat up about a tablespoon of olive oil. You're then going to brown that roast on all sides, right? Just keep turning it. Brown it on one side. I typically brown it on four sides. Use your tongs to kind of hold it in place if you need to. Then you're going to let it cool slightly. 
with a paring knife. Now listen to this carefully. With a paring knife, you're going to cut about 16 three-inch deep slits in the sides of the roast. Got that? You're then going to take three medium apples that you have peeled and sliced, okay? And you are going to slide an apple slice into each slit in the pork roast. Mm. Got that? You're then going to place the remaining apples in a four-quart slow cooker, right? You're going to set that roast over the apples. You're then going to drizzle it with a fourth of a cup of honey. Got it? One small onion chopped, right? Any remaining apples, Mm -hmm. right? And then you're going to sprinkle with about a tablespoon of ground cinnamon. Got that? Cover that and cook it in your slow cooker for six to eight hours. I tend to go a little longer just because it makes the pork even more tender. True. Um, And until the meat is tender, right, you're going to remove the pork. I would set it on like a... um, on a cutting board and Mm. remove the apple mixture and keep it warm. Now, what you're going to have after this, guys, is you're going to have all of those wonderful pork and apple juices Mm -hmm. in the bottom of the slow cooker. Here's what you do with that. Transfer it into just a small saucepan. Bring it to a boil over medium-high heat. Cook it until the liquid is reduced by about half. You have the most glorious little just uh, au jus sauce to pour over the pork. I would put it in a little gravy boat and just set it on the table and let everybody kind of help themselves and just kind of drizzle that over your pork. Mm. So you serve the pork, obviously, with the apple mixture uh, and drizzle it with your amazing uh, little apple sauce there. That sounds outstanding. It is outstanding. Wow. It's a a pork outstanding. It's (laughs) it's apple standing. (laughs) That one didn't translate as well. No, but that sounds like it's got... Sweet but savory yeah. with the pork. Ooh, yes. Yeah. Earl and I in our marriage we have a we have a bit of a conflict. Uh oh. Um, I am the queen of sweet and savory, mm. and he is the devil of queen sweet and savory. He hates it. <laughs> hates really? it. Hates it. Yeah. He didn't want apples, and fruit should be eaten separately, according to him. Oh, come so, on, Earl. So our our I tell you, our great love has overcome this. <laughs> it has. You know, we used to, I was like, how can you not like, you know, but he just doesn't. It's just his That's thing. Okay. So I have to look for inventive ways mm. to slip fruit into in, into our dishes <laughs> where he won't notice it, right? I think we should wrap up our little apple segment with, uh, well, one of the best apple dishes of all time. Yeah. The apple teeny. Oh, yes. Now, Perfect. I have to confess, you don't necessarily have to have your fresh apples for this recipe. Uh, but if you want to garnish it, see, I love an apple teeny, teeny garsh, garnished with a little thin slice of apple. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Put a little slit in the slice and just kind of set it on the edge of the martini glass. Perfect. It's a beautiful thing. Here's what you need. You want to start out by chilling a martini glass by adding a little water along with some ice cubes. Gently kind of swirl that until the glass becomes frosted. Mm. Okay? Then just kind of pour out the water and set it aside. Now, in a cocktail shaker, you're going to add a few ice cubes, one ounce of vodka, one ounce of sour apple schnapps. Mm. It's worth buying a bottle. You will use this over and over, believe it or not. And you're going to add one-fourth ounce of sweet and sour mix. Ooh. The one of your choice. Mm-hmm. Whatever you want. Triple set, whatever you got there. And then you're going to close the lid on the on the shaker tightly and shake it vigorously for eight to ten seconds. Take the cap off. Pour the martini into your chilled martini glass, right, without the ice cubes. And then what I would do is I would take a little, like I said, a little thin slice of apple, kind of put a slit in it, and then just kind of set that on the side. Perfect. And then, of course, you have to take a picture and put it on Instagram. (laughs) 
Because this is 2017 and that's how we roll. Yes. That's perfect. <laughs> Even women my age are doing this. They are. I see them. I used to criticize people that took pictures of their food at restaurants, but you know, I have to say, it's tempting. Don't blame them. No, it's tempting. And, you know, and it's totally okay if you're yeah. the one that makes it. Right. Then you've got every excuse in the right. book. Right? It's okay. That's it. It's your creation. Make yeah. you home and make your own apple creation, folks. All of these great recipes will be on the Southern Sisters website. Just go to southernsistershome.com. Click on the blog, and you'll see the photos and the recipes. We'll be right back. We're going to be talking SEC football traditions. We'll be right back. My things if they got ya. Have a frittata lata. Nibble a kibble, sibble. And welcome back to the Southern Sisters Radio Show. Well, guys, not only is it autumn, but it is football season. Yes, it is. It is a good time of year. I got to go to the uh, Florida State-Alabama game at the new Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And how was that? Oh, it was exciting. 360-degree Jumbotron up top. That's so cool. Yeah. And there's really not a bad seat in the house. I mean, I was... I wasn't even up that high, I guess, but I could, I could see every play. It was That's just, awesome. Food was good. The energy <laughs> was fantastic. There's Don't some, they have like the fan-friendly pricing or whatever, too? I think so. Right? We Wasn't were guests of, of someone else. We, oh, okay. we were guests of, of uh, Florida State fans. Oh, okay. And I didn't particularly have a huge, you know, I, I, I was probably... They were our friends, so I was for Florida State. Gotcha. And also, I don't like Alabama to win because I went to Auburn. Good point. There you go. You have to. That that's you funny know? though. That's another reason why here in the South it's such a big deal is because you either went to a school or your friends or family with right. somebody who went to a school. Yeah. And you've you have to hate have another to. team. You do. <laughs> you see, it's in you the have blood. To. It's in. The, yeah. I think it's something we put in our baby's formula when they're like little tiny. <laughs> Very you true. You will. You will follow college ball. <laughs> It's all about that. You will hate the Tide. You will dislike, you will hate the Gators. Whatever right. it is, you got to have it. I know. You know, one of the neatest things about following college ball, particularly here in the South, and I I actually have really noticed this when I travel around to small towns for my uh, book signings. I've done so many book signings over the years, um, and almost every gift and boutique store in small town, the South, um, has some sort of devotion or following to its local college team. Of course, you know. So when I'm in when I'm in Mississippi, I mean when I'm in Oxford, obviously it's Old Miss. When oh I'm yeah. In, you know, I've had book signings in Tuscaloosa. I've had book signings in Auburn. Uh, <laughs> I have multiple ones in Athens, Georgia, um, oh, yeah. Knoxville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. You know, they are all about their college ball. But in in addition to the the game itself, there are all these sort of wonderful traditions that surround the game. Got it? So for example, um, you know, it might be that in um, you know, in, in Alabama, uh, it might be, you know, they have certain like, oh, I know for, well, for example, um, Auburn, mm-hmm. rolling tumors corner. Yes. That's a big deal after a game, after yeah. a win, after a win is that you go and you roll tumors corner. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And you don't necessarily know where these traditions all started, but they sort of feed on themselves and they become a really big deal. Right. Very true. So guess what, guys? The SEC football has ranked, it's, it's basically done a power ranking of the 20 best school traditions. I don't know if we're going to even be able to get through them all. We've all got right. so many. If we don't, we might roll over into next week. Because, listen, it's football season for, well, at least, what, 10 more weeks? Uh, Three more yeah, months? Yeah, at least September, October, November, the November December until the end of the year. Well, now, and, it, and it goes past that if your team's good. Yeah. It goes into next year. That's true. When you go to playoffs and stuff. That's yep. true. So let's start our countdown, though, okay? How about the Cockaboose Railroad? Now, this is an SEC football tradition. Hmm. Not every South Carolina fan gets a chance to tailgate 
at Cockaboose Railroad, but it remains one of the most unique opportunities on any campus. There are 22 cabooses, which can be renovated by the owner, lining a railroad track outside of Williams Bryce Stadium. The cars don't move, they're stationary. You got That's it? cool. Yeah. So Cockaboose Railroad opened for serious South Carolina tailgaters in 1990. The cabooses have running water, cable or satellite TV, and air conditioning and heating, just to name a few of the amenities. That's great. Some Cockaboose owners use them to throw parties and watch away games as well. Huh. That's kind of cool. That is awesome. You know, if you don't care about being in the stadium, you're sitting outside in a Cockaboose, <laughs> I guess that's, that's kind of fun. Neat. Yeah. That is neat. How about the hotty toddy? Now you know where that's from. We're talking Ole Miss, oh, right? Yes. Okay. Now the oranges, the orange, the oranges, <laughs> <laughs> the origins of Hotty Toddy do remain a mystery. But the Ole Miss fans love to chant. Now, listen, folks. I'm gonna I'm gonna go bleep for the inappropriate words yes. because it, they're playful words. But you know, this is a family friendly show. So, <laughs> but it's Are you ready? Bleep yes. Bleep right. Hotty Toddy. Gosh Almighty. Who in the bleep are we? Hey. Flim, flam, bim, bam, Ole Miss by bleep. <laughs> there you have it. Don't ask me why. Perfect. It's the once again, you don't have to have the origins. No. It's just what we do right It's just here. always been that way. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> How about for Florida? We are the boys of old Florida. Okay, now this is another s- song that's mm-hmm. sung by the crowd. Florida fans sing this after the third quarter of games in the Swamp, yep. which is their stadium. This moment of fan unity usually includes arms around your neighbor and swaying back and <laughs> forth, right? So check out the lyrics. We are the boys from old Florida, F-L-O-R-I-D-A, where the girls are the fairest, the boys are the squarest of any old state down our way. <laughs> we are all strong for old Florida, down where the Gators play. In all kinds of weather, we all stick together for F-L-O-R-I-D-A. <laughs> so there you have it. It's wonderful. It is, right? It's cool. Um, regardless of what you think about Florida. Yes, yes. We don't have a whole lot of Florida fans in the Atlanta No, and then once again, with all of these, you're going to hear one go, oh, that team. You know, everyone's got their traditions. I know it. It's okay. I respect yours. You respect mine. (laughs) It's all good on the Southern Sisters radio show, right? How about 2001, A Space Odyssey? Now, who is that? Back to South Carolina. Yep. So South Carolina's pregame was once called the most exciting entry in college football, as the game clocks inches closer to opening kickoff, the Gamecocks gather in the tunnel in the southwest corner of williams Bryce Stadium. With the crowd getting whipped into a frenzy, the theme song from 2001 A Space Odyssey is blasted over the stadium sound system. At the perfect moment and in coordination with the music, South Carolina steps onto the field and the fans go ballistic. Mm-hmm. How about that? That's awesome. Okay, here's another one. How about Smokey the Dog? Now, Smokey is one of the state's uh, most beloved figures as it leads Tennessee's Mm -hmm. football team onto the field through a giant T that is created by the band for each home game. (laughs) There have been nine blue tick coon hounds. Mm -hmm. That's the type of dog he is. (laughs) To represent the volunteers dating back to 1953, the Alpha Gamma Rho fraternity takes care of the hound. Now, Smokey the Eighth, who lived from 1995 to 2003, is the winningest mascot to date with two SEC titles and the 1998 National Championship. (laughs) How about that? The University of Tennessee students chose Smokey as the mascot through a student poll back in 1953. How about that? That's cool. (laughs) Now, does this ring a bell? Here's another SEC football tradition. Might ring a bell. 18 miles per hour. 
it's it's just a weird thing. It's a yeah. this is more of a trivia thing in my opinion than a, than a necessarily a tradition. Staying under the speed limit on the Ole Miss campus can't be easy. The speed limit around the university is 18 miles per hour in honor of former quarterback Archie Manning, who mm. wore jersey number 18, 18, right? So, you know, I guess if you're doing 25, you're going to get a <laughs> ticket. Can you imagine? How about this one? Rammer, jammer, yellow hammer. Now, the origins of this tradition are a little bit strange. The lyrics come from the student newspaper, the Rammer Jammer, in the 1920s, and the Alabama State Bird, which is a yellow hammer. Now, Alabama fans love the cheer, especially when victory is inevitable. The lyrics, the lyrics go, hey, Vols, hey, Vols, hey, Vols, we just beat the bleep out of you. Rammer, jammer, yellow hammer, give them bleep Alabama. So, of course, the fans insert the appropriate nickname, but they love taunting the Tennessee Volunteers oh, even yeah. more. That's a deep. That's another reason a lot of these traditions exist, is these deep, long-rooted rivalries between right? these teams. Yeah. They have played each other for a long time. Long time. And they take it very, very seriously. Yes. How about Woo Pig Suey? Now, Arkansas's famous cheer, Woo Pig Suey, has been around since at least the 1920s. However, however it came about is not clear. The lyrics for Calling the Hogs is simple. Woo Pig Suey, Woo Pig Suey, Woo Pig Suey, Razorbacks. <laughs> I don't know about that one. You don't I know mean, how you feel about that it's one? It's okay. It's Maybe. a little weird, but I think it's 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 kind of like, and I don't want to jump yeah. your list. I don't know if it's on your list anywhere, but it's like here in Georgia. Yeah. If you've ever been to a UGA game before right. the kickoff, when Georgia's kicking the ball, right. every you know, most games they do the oh, and then when they kick it, yes, everybody in the in in Sanford goes oh, sick them, ho 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 ho. Very and true. That's what they do at UGA, right? and it's kind of weird. And everyone's like. People who aren't used to it, like, why are you making why are you dog doing that? noises? Why are you doing that? Yeah. It's just what we do here. Well, I have to. I will tell you, two of my daughters went to UGA, and part of their orientation, which is a very big deal, yes. is when, when these little incoming freshmen come up there and they basically learn what it's like to be a student at UGA. They go through their orientation. One part of it is the official training on how to call the dogs. Good. I mean, they put their arms up in the air. They practice it. <laughs> that is how they end. Let, you know what? Let's wrap up this segment uh-huh. with Ugga. What do you think? Ugga. Yes. Ugga the bulldog, folks. Okay, talk about a tradition. Ugga is like royalty. Oh, yeah. George's mascot is of a lineage of English bulldogs owned by Frank W. Siler since 1956. There have just been a total of eight bulldogs to have the name Ugga. For different factors, substitute or interim bulldogs have filled in at times to make sure a dog was always on the sidelines. Ugga's jersey is made from the same material as the players, and he is even issued, wait for it, a student ID card. <laughs> oh, yes, he is. That's great. As he should be, guys. The long lineage hey, of great Uggas. Right? French I Bulldogs. Think I think we're on Ugga 10 now, mm. I think. I'm not sure. So I have to ad- look that. So adorable. Look at him. He's, He's just so, so precious. He's so cute. Well, guys, we have, have, we, have we not covered an SEC football tradition that's near and dear to your heart? Let us know. Maybe we'll cover it next week. Send us an email, radio at southernsistershome.com. We are so thrilled you were here with us this week on the Southern Sisters Radio Show. Go out and enjoy this autumn. Just make it a great day. Eat some apples. Watch some football. And we'll see you next week.